you to have your way with us today, to heal us today. We invite you to heal us today. We invite you and make ourselves available to you today. Have your way with us. Have your way with our minds. Have your way with our bodies. Have, you, have your way with our attitudes. May, may we fall for you today. May we give ourselves to you today. We give you authority. We give you permission to tell us where to go, to guide our feet, to guide our hands, to guide our lips, to guide our tongues. And may we bless you today. Amen. 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 Well, I want to open up with scripture. <laughs> Anyone have a praise report from last week? I know we, I know Kathleen has one. I don't know if she shared with all of us, but we've been praying for her husband. And we actually prayed that he would have a clear report. So tell us what your praise report is, Kathleen. And um, he, yes, he was having some, um, just some unusual sensation in his chest and he's a former EMT so he's alert to things like that he said I need to make an appointment with the doctor the doctor says let's not wait on this you need a complete workup this is what happens before a heart attack so they set him up for a what they call a nuclear stress test he had it just a few days ago and he passed with flying colors uh, the prayer group was praying for him, and we're very grateful to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, on the subject of what what are we worth? What is my worth in God's eyes, or what is my worth truly? I've been reflecting on this and thinking and praying about it, and I feel that my worth is linked to whether I am loved or not. And I pose the question to myself, is it possible to love? Is it possible to love somebody that is worthless? And my conclusion at this point is that it is not possible to love something that is worthless. So I think love and worth go hand in hand. And I believe that God loves each one of us. And we are of tremendous worth as a consequence because God only loves worthwhile things and things that are worthy to be loved. And as much as um, if we were worthless, how could anyone have regard for us? But God considers, God considers us to be important and, and, and worthwhile loving. So I thought that was interesting. Hallelujah. Now, some people, it's very common that we feel worthless that people can feel worthless. And I believe this is related to whether that pe person feels loved or not. Because if you feel loved, if you know you are loved by somebody, that in, in gives us our sense of worth and it tells us how valuable we are. And I didn't really want to talk too much about this because I'm just reflecting on this at the moment. At the moment. But the, the Bible is full of God's message to us about how much he loves us. I got a couple of quick scriptures I'm going to read in a second. But one of the things that I wanted to say was that God is a personal God. That he doesn't see crowds of people. God doesn't see all the Christians in Europe. He doesn't see all the Christians in, in America. He doesn't see the Christians in Africa. He doesn't see the Christians in a church. He sees individuals and he relates to individuals. Now, we can't do that because we're not like God. So I cannot relate personally to each one of you at the same time. But God is, is, we are a little bit like God, but God is not like us. We are made in his image. He's not made in our image. So he is infinitely different to us and bigger and has infinitely more dimensions than we have. So he, he the way God relates to you is in a very personal way that he sees you that he relates to you, that his message in the Bible is that he loves you. And there are passages in the scriptures, 2 Timothy 1 in chapter 1 talks about God has saved us and loved us. Sorry, God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to works, but according to his own purpose, which was in Christ Jesus before time began. So God saw you before this universe was created and you 
personally, me and you, we are the motivation. We were the motivation for him creating the universe and then coming to be born as a man and dying on a cross in order that he could have us. And it is so true that if there was only you, one person, only one person that would turn to him and accept him, he would have still done the, still done it. And I think it's it's it cripples me when I think of a great crowd of people and the Lord looking all looking upon us, and I'm somewhere at the back, and kind of insignificant. It's it's very difficult. God chooses to relate to us as Father, and I think it's very significant because He doesn't choose to relate to us as as. Of course, He is God. Of course, He is Lord. You know, but he's, he's, it's very personal, it's father. And in a family, in a, good, in, a, in, a, in a good family, the father and the mother, they know each of their children individually. They know each child is different. Each child has their own personality and the parents know the child. And it is so much more with, with God that he knows each one of us intimately and personally and thinks about us all the time, unendingly. I think um, one, of two, one of the scriptures, the first scripture that came to mind was from Lamentations 3.22. And it's interesting because in the midst of our hardships, in the midst of our pains and our troubles, in the midst of our confusions and the midst of, in the midst of our, um, the lies that we think about ourselves and our life and, and we wonder where is God in all of it? But the message is, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. It is new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Lamentations 3 verse 22. So I think of my worth and your worth before God and to God is related to his love for us. And, you know, you could throw a stone in any, any page of the Bible and see God's love for you. It's just amazing. So that's kind of, that's really what I wanted to share. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you see us. I, I love the way anyone want to comment on something that Alan said so that we could really remember this. I think the reason that we comment, I want you to actually comment on something he said that we can really remember what he said. I, I'm just remembering you saying something about being in the back of the room. And you know, when we're in a crowd, when we're in a large crowd, we feel so insignificant. Like everyone else in this crowd is worth more than me. And the way you said something about God sees you at the back of the room as if you were the only one in the room. I just love that. We're worth so much to God. <laughs> we have no idea. Yes, I wanted to comment. Um, it's so consoling, very, very consoling to know that he knows us individually, our names. He's numbered all our hair. He knows us personally, knows me as Marie. And it is so, you know, it's so very, very, very consoling to know that he is such a loving father. Hmm. who is concerned about everything, not anything, everything that happens to me. Hallelujah. He loves me so tenderly that, that he's, you know, he has mercy on me and he is so good. Hallelujah. I have goodness. Thank you, Murray. He knows us intimately and he still loves us. I think in that verse from Lamentations, it's like his love is new every morning. Hmm. And I think when we love somebody, his our love for that person is is constantly renewed. It's you know, and but for God, it's just magnified so many times higher than that. That each morning, his mercy is refreshed and renewed. His faithfulness is full measure upon us again. It's just incredible. Hmm. Yes, indeed. He nourishes us spiritually. He nourishes us in the Holy Eucharist. He is nourishing us right now in his word, through his word, with his word. He is nourishing each and every one of us 
here present. He is protecting us from the demon, from any attacks. He is sending comfort to us. He is sending encouragement to us. He is our manna. He is our protector. He is our Jehovah. Some people call it Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Hira. He is our banner, our Nisei. He is our everything. And he Amen. has brought us together for. Amen. And for being um, visible to each other so that we can see that we are all elements, part of what the Catholics call spiritual body, mystical body of Christ. And as that, we are so like an atom, like a, um, a nuclear power. We don't even know the power that we have being united, being together, being nourished right now. Amen. Amen. Judy, Judy, I absolutely love that. That was so wonderful. That was so great. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, I'm going to do a, a little something. <laughs> I've done this before, but I'm not sure if you all were here. I've got this painting though, and I'm selling it. It's a painting my aunt did. Have I, see this painting? There, can, now can you see it? Selling the, I'm selling this painting for $10,000. I'm actually giving you guys the first opportunity to buy it. it it's <laughs> $10,000. Do I have any takers? Come on, it's beautiful. $10,000. Anyone want to buy it? I'll take Venmo, <laughs> PayPal. You could just write me a check. You probably won't pay $10,000 because to you, it's not worth $10,000. Maybe to somebody it is, but you know what? I bet if I had this on, on the eBay or wherever for years and years and years, it may never sell for $10,000 because it's not worth $10,000 and it's only worth what someone will pay for it. You can have, I, my husband and I bought a car and I don't know if I've told you this, but I bought a Highlander in 2020. I think it was five years old. We bought it for $15,000, but they had it for sale for $20,000, but no one bought it for $20,000. And they had it on the, I think they had it for 10, 15 days. They had it for sale for $20,000, but it was not worth $20,000. It was worth 15, which is what we were willing to pay for it. It's only worth something. I don't, no matter what it is, is only worth what someone is willing to pay for it. Correct? Well, we paid $15,000 for that car because that's what we thought it was worth. We would not pay 20,000 because it was not worth 20,000. What it's worth is what someone is willing to give up for it in order to get it. I'm going to give, I get, we were willing to give up 15,000 of our dollars because we thought that car was worth it and we needed it. God was willing to pay for us, Jesus. And it says that he purchased us, not with, not with gold and silver, which be, can become worthless one day. He paid us with the precious blood of Jesus. To God, you are worth everything. But in your mind, you might not be worth anything, but you don't decide what you're worth. God decides what you're worth. If you were to decide what you were worth, you would be wrong because you would not know, because you have no idea what you're worth. You, the only, what you are worth is what somebody's willing to pay for you, what somebody, somebody's willing to give up for you. You were worth more than you know because you're worth everything to God. You were worth him sending his son to die for you because that's, the, that's what he decided you were worth. And I just want to read that one scripture, 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19. It says 1 Peter 1, 18, 19, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was paid with the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. You know, this painting cannot determine its own value. No matter what, I, I, this painting, I can't decide the, paint, the, the value of this painting because to me, I mean, I could put any amount on it, but it's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. And God was willing to pay for you with the blood of his son. 
your values beyond measure. I'm just going to read one more scripture. First Corinthians, two more. First Corinthians 6.20 says, for you've been purchased at a price. First Corinthians 7.23, you've been purchased at a price. Do not become slaves to human beings. You literally were purchased. You were sold into slavery and you had to be purchased back. And you were purchased back from slavery from the blood of Jesus. Ellen, anything else you want to say about that? Oh, you just left. The motivation, I, I feel this at, at the moment, the motivation for healing is God's compassion. God loves people. He loves, he loves his creation. He loves, he loves human beings, all of us. And we have to settle the matter in our minds of, of our worth before God. And um, it, I think it's... I think it's really difficult to heal the sick if we're not sure whether God actually actually knows me, is concerned about me, loves me, um, approves of me, you know, is for me. And sometimes, you know, children, our children can misbehave at times. We still love them and we're still entirely for them and we're training them and they are in process. And it's so much like that with God, that he is apt, it's, it is settled in heaven that he loves me he loves you he loves each one of us individually with the full knowledge of who we are and it's the starting point for our relationship with god and all the things of god come from that and without that knowledge i think um our relationship with god just becomes it becomes very religious it becomes legalistic it becomes a matter of winning god's approval of following all the rules which are never ending you know a religious spirit always adds new rules to the list and um, we can never quite get there. But when someone loves you, you know, it's just amazing. It, 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 um, it triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I tell you one thing that I worked with, um, with a, an old, old time minister and he had a very difficult upbringing. He was rejected by his family. He became street homeless. And then he was miraculously saved as an alcoholic on the street. He was saved and became a minister. And I met him when he'd been ministering about 40 years. And I knew him for, for about a de two decades. And he said he came to the point where he would, he would walk around the house. His name was Peter. And he'd walk around the house shouting, God loves Peter. God loves Peter. Come on. And it was it was so input, it was so good, you know. And he said he'd get out of bed in the morning, he'd put his feet on the carpet, and he would say, God loves Peter. And, and you know why he like, did that? Because even this minister who'd been wherever he was, he still had to keep his mind on that. He still had doubts. And we all have doubts about that we are loved by God. And so he said that because he had to remind himself of the truth. He said that every day, wow, God loves Peter. God loves Peter. He said that every day because he needed to remind himself that that was the truth. I'm sorry, I'm just interjecting there. Praise God. Absolutely. I think that's, I think the devil brutalizes us with a spirit of rejection that we feel rejected and it's, it, cripple, it cripples us so much. And often we can never we can't talk to anyone about it and we can't we don't even we're not even aware of it ourselves at times that we feel rejected and yet you know a sense of rejection is the beginning of so much downfall in our lives and inevitably even it will lead us into sin because we just become discouraged and we just give up it's hopeless Amen. trying to serve god without knowing that we're loved is is almost impossible so Amen. i think one of the passages I was I was thinking about today was was actually the book of Hosea, which is extraordinary. It's an extraordinary example of God's love for us, Amen. even even in our rebellious state, as a fallen state. And I was going to say just for everybody to take a little time to read the book of Hosea. It's not very long. It's shorter. It, you know, it will be shorter than watching a DVD. And um, it's just an amazing love story. Um, I want to. I want to. Um, I'm going to add to this that your value never changes. 
you know, because God has put his value on you and the value is the blood of Christ, it doesn't go up and down. You know, it doesn't change based on anything you do. And this is the hard part. This is what makes it so difficult. Hosea is about is such a good, good story because it's about a, a man who is who marries a woman who is unfaithful. And, and um, he still has to love her because God says, no, I need you to show her my love. You need to love. But God loves us in our good times and in our bad, in sickness and in health, in being good and being bad. You know, the, God has made a marriage covenant with us, just like he expects the marriage partners to love, even, even when you do bad. God doesn't, God doesn't say, oh, run out of the marriage when, that, when your wife does something wrong. When your husband doesn't come home on time doesn't mean you get to not cook him dinner or not love him, you know, there's, or leave the marriage. It's like, uh, mm -hmm. absolutely. God wants One us to know that his, the, his value doesn't change up and down. His value doesn't change. Our value doesn't change. He's put a value on us and it doesn't go up and down based, based on us. You're worth something to God. You know, I, I really feel that this is so big. It's so foundational. Um, our mm -hmm. worth in God, our value to him, which does not change. And, you know, like you just said, of us, his mercy upon us, his favor upon us. He sings over us. He, he rejoices over us. He's, when, God, when God reflects upon us, when he thinks of us, he smiles. He can't help it. There's a twinkle in his eye. I've seen that. I had a time of I had a time of failure and sin in my life many years ago, and it became it was publicly known. And it was really embarrassing. It was terrible, and um, all I knew in the midst of it was that God had spoken to me that He was my Father and He was with me and He was going to bring me out of it and restore me, which He did. And, Praise God. You know, it was it was so amazing. It was so amazing. And, um, you know, and this is where so many people lose it. And so many people decide they want to kill themselves, they decide that they're over it because they've done something so horrible that they think there's no way out. They think I can't be, I'm going to be publicly humiliated. I can't handle it. There's no way out. And they give up on life and they just don't know that God has a way out. God literally is not going to leave you. And he has a really good way. Nothing you know about yet. <laughs> It's nothing you can conjure up. It's beyond your wildest imagination. What God has planned for you is beyond your wildest imagination. I, I can say this from personal testimony, that God does not just restore us when we fail, when we, when we fall below come a standard. When, we, when he processes us, we come out of it stronger and bigger and better. We have a testimony. And it's just, that's, that's the love of God for me, is that, you know, he, we come out of our failures processed by the Lord stronger than we were before. And we have to believe that. And we have to believe yeah. that and know that. I, I want to give a scripture right now. It's yeah. called Romans 5, verse 8. It says, but God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Romans 5, verse 8. It says, but God proves his love for us in this that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He wants us to know that even when we're sinning, he still loves us. I know that always people say to me, well, you know, you must have had a good relationship with your father to, you know, because you, re you relate to God in as much as, you know, your human relationships were always good. And it's easy for you to trust in God because, you know, your father in, on this earth was good, etc." And my father was terrible and everything else. And so it's very difficult for me. And that's, that's not true. You know, I had a very troubled relationship with my father, which stemmed from uh, his experiences in the, in the Second World War, um, which affected him very badly. And also the fact that when I became a Christian, he, he rejected me. And I was out of relationship with him for 17 years. And it was healed before, the, before he died. I prayed with him in and read the scriptures on his deathbed and it was good but you know we need i just want to just give this really to everybody to take time to sit with the word of god because mm -hmm. the word of the lord comes in a still quiet voice 
So we need to quieten our lives down, quieten down this sense of rejection that we, you know, we may carry, a sense of a lack of worth or lack of being loved. We need to Amen. quieten these voices down, get away from the busyness of TV, of noise, of Amen. other people, Amen. and sit with the word of God and receive the still, quiet voice of the Lord, which brings life and just generates um, a whole different perspective um, on life. Amen. I, I want to get um, to two more scriptures before I open it up to everyone. And I see you're raising your hand and I know you have questions or, or want to speak. I wasn't, I have just two scriptures because I want you to hear this. It's John 15 verse nine. Jesus says, John 15, nine and John 17, 23. This is what Jesus speaking. He says, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. So Jesus loves us in the same way as the Father loves Jesus. <clears throat> just Jesus is saying, just as the Father has loved me, that is the love I have for you. God, God has the same love for you that he has for Jesus. Jesus has the same love for you that the Father has for Jesus. If God was willing to give up Jesus for you, then he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. There is no difference between you and Jesus in God's eyes. He loves you as much, so much so that he's willing to give up his life, his son's life for you. And then John 17, 23 says, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. This is Jesus talking to his father. Jesus is talking to the father that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Jesus wants you to know that the Father loves you as much as he loves Jesus, so much so that he sent his son to die for you, to prove his love for you, to prove his love for you. And there's nothing else he's going to do to prove his love. He can't prove his love any more than he already has. You have to receive that love and believe that he died for you personally, because he did. There's nothing he can do more than he's already done to prove that he loves you. You know, I do this a lot and I don't have a $100 bill, but if I had a $100 bill and I showed it to you and then I went and spit on it and, and crinkled it and threw it outside, maybe even threw it in the mud where even the dogs are, that wild animals are, picked it back up. If you found a, a, a $100 bill in the gutter, in the gutter, in the worst part of town, like Bourbon Street is the worst street in the world. It's the dirtiest street. If you found $100 on Bourbon Street and picked it up, guess what it's worth? It's still worth $100. <laughs> you can take that big $100 bill anywhere and it's still worth a $100 bill. No matter what you've been through, you're still worth what Jesus paid for you, what God the Father paid for you. You're still worth the same to him. I, I just want to go to your, um, the analogy of the $100 bill, like you said, even if it was in the gutter, spit on it, dirty, like, yeah, we would be so happy that we found that $100 bill jumping up and down. Look Ooh. at, look at showing everybody. And that's what Jesus feels about us. Doesn't matter if we're in the gutter, if we're that's dirty, good. he's just so Amen. happy. And yeah, Amen. so that was just. Thank you. That's all. Yeah. So true. So true. Jumping up and down. Go ahead. I want, Kate. I want to comment on, um, Alan, what you said earlier about um, how God chooses to relate to us as a father. I just love that because I think about all the ways that God could have chosen to relate to us, you know, as a boss, as a king, as a president, um, as a friend. I mean, but as a father is just awesome. Because when you're a father, you know your children, you know everything about them, and you love them, love them no matter what they do. You know, they could spit in your face and you would still love them. I mean, it's just amazing. I just, I loved that. Um, it's a lot to think about. And also, um, when you said about the motivation for healing, you believe is God's compassion for us. And um, I think compassion is um, like the, we haven't scratched the tip of the iceberg with it. It's huge, it's Hallelujah. huge. Thank you. 
Thank you, Kate. Can you hear me now? Yep. Hi, everyone. So, Alan, um, if I were in Wales, I'd be like a stalker at your car window and grab your neck and give you a huge hug. No. Because um, that, was, that was meant for me personally this day. And I was overcome. And I believe it was the Holy Spirit. And I Praise just God. want to thank you. Thank you, and Mary Beth. Thank you very much. Praise God. God bless you, Francis. Thank you. Hey, Monet, I see your hand up. And you don't. Um, yeah, just super quick um, about what you and Alan were talking about, um, the value of the soul, that it just reminds me of my favorite um, Christmas carol, O Holy Night. And there's um, two lines in it where it said, long lay the world in sin and error, pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. And to me, that's everything with a soul feeling its worth. Hmm. Because rejection is so ubiquitous, especially today. Amen. So huge. Thank you for sharing. Okay. No, I didn't really have anything to say. I'm just uh, trying to absorb it. It's just mind boggling how much God loves us. It is, isn't it? It really is. It is. It's funny oh. because, go ahead, Lorraine. Uh, I just love what Ellen had to say about God thought about us before he created us in our mother's womb. We are of him. He loves us so much. You, and then you said something about in Timothy about the holy calling that he's given us to feel his love and bring his love to those that other th other people think are worthless people because no one is worthless. Hallelujah. We're all equal in his love. So thank you, Alan. To say thank you to Alan because I feel that this word was for me. I put a message in the chat because I was at work, but I was saying that um rejection had been my life when my mother passed away so i just amen. thank him for that word today amen yeah. thank you thank you for saying it I, i'm going to give you another little teeny word um regarding this because i think this is so huge is because you know when i started with the painting is because we set our own value we decide what we're worth and we decide what we're worth based on not just on how we feel but what others say about us and we set our, we decide that our value is based on what others think of us, what others determine our value. And not only can we not put our own, a value on ourselves, because God already has, we can't let others put a value on ourselves because God already has. We can't worry about how others feel about us, what others think about us, or, or even what we own. What we own can't be a value to us. It, what we do, what our job is, can't put value on us. And we find value all the time, but we don't have to look for value. We find value in what we do. And we want, we feel like what we do validates us, makes us worthy, makes us worth something, but not even what we do, not, not even what, what we own, not how big our house is, nothing, nothing we own or nothing we have or nothing we do or have done gives gives us any value but when we feel like we are not valuable we will go there to seek value we're going to go to seek value in in all in other people we want people to to love us because we need value but if we already know we're valuable so valuable that god chose us if we were the only person on earth that god would have sent his son to die for us if we were the only one on earth if we really had that like alan said established if we had it settled in our mind, how much he loves us. Because our feelings about us can change. What others think about us, up one day, down one day. We don't want our value going up and down based on how, what others think of us or how we feel. <clears throat> Go ahead, Lorraine. Um, I just saw God's love right here on the Zoom call. Judy's husband, I believe it's your husband. Yeah. Came and insist her so tenderly on the forehead that is how god loves us Amen. and if we can see that in our lives through other people and the love that 
that they have for each other and know that that is from God. It's beautiful. Lorraine, I, 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 okay. I love what you said about Judy's husband. Um, I didn't see it because I was writing, but there are many of us, many people who will never feel or have that love from another person. But as you said, that, that is the love. That was a visual image of the love that God gives us. So we may not feel it on earth in a physical way with another human, you know, but um, God finds ways to let us feel his love in unique ways that only we will know. Amen. And I just, I just felt I had to say that. Thank you hey. for giving me the time. Amen. I, I, you know, as you're talking, I'm hearing this. God's about to show his love to every one of you in a mighty way that will nothing on earth can compare to. God is about to hug you in such a way because you're so consistent. You're seeking him so much. You're giving up two hours of your day to just to be here, to be in his presence because we're two or more gathered. You're in their presence. And Monet, I see your hand up. I want to, but I want you to know that it's coming. <laughs> do expect that big hug that you will live that it will it will cover you for the rest of your life that's what i believe happened at um, pentecost it was that huge huge hug and the holy spirit's got that huge hug for you monet did you have your hand up for a reason did you want um, to say well that's funny i i didn't raise it but it's but i was thinking of something when you were just talking about the hug and I was um, the lady before you and this issue of sometimes it can be difficult to discern love because we're physical and so you know we think of touch and 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 or we hear song and things like that so when I do my praise every morning you know I I I, I actually will hug myself and I'll tell God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I said, "Spirit hug, time for a spirit hug." So I, I, I do it as to make it feel physical because we are physical. And, but I call it a spirit hug, and it actually makes a difference, at least for me. If, if go go give somebody a big hug for Jesus's sake, for Jesus's sake, and do it for His sake. Go go love on someone like that. Amen. That's, That's what you got to do. Go to him and say, hey, Jesus can't be here, but he wants me to give you a hug. Jesus, you know, if you're open to what God is saying, God might just say, go give that person a hug. And then when you do say, God sent me, you know, when I tell people something, I always say, God told me to tell you because I want them to know God told me to tell you. And what, so what you're about to hear is from God and then go say, hey, God told me to give you a hug and go give him a hug. <laughs> no, just to when Alan was speaking and when you were speaking, Mary Beth, just really quick, it was it was coming to my heart of not as the world gives, not as the world gives, not as the world gives. And I don't know, just like Amen. It just kept it just kept coming. It'll be better. It's not, not as, as the world part. gives, but so much better. Yeah. Thanks. And you know, could I just say one thing, Mary Beth? Sure. I feel that for many of us, we have something like an orphan spirit and it's hard to receive love but love is a two-way street you know god loves you and we need to choose to accept that love and if there's a question of trust and like um like an orphan who's taken into a family who's loved but can't receive the love because they just they they just don't trust they don't trust and they can't receive it they have to choose we have to choose to believe that God loves us and choose to receive his love. And yeah. I think that comes through dwelling on the scriptures and, and it's, a, it's a very, very big step. It makes you so vulnerable to receive love. So, you know, we gotta sure. be big, you know. God is, God is, is steadfast and, and trustworthy. That's so good. I wanna share something with you. Um, I wanna go beyond this talk about what we're worth. I'm going to just kind of go somewhere else. And this is somewhere that Ellen and I are really into <laughs> healing because I, we're going to go now to God. I want you to experience something. And I'm going to share somebody's 
It's a five minute testimony. If you're re ready to listen to something because, um, and I'm going to set this up by the word of God is powerful. I'm, um, is very powerful. And the word of God is, is, um, healing. And one thing we do not do enough of is actually read God's word out loud. And I want to share this little tidbit with you. If you're struggling ever with healing. So let me share, I'm going to put y'all on mute and share this before we get into prayer. How's that? What I want to encourage you is God heals everyone always. There's no one he doesn't heal. So hang in there. And I'm going to share with you this little testimony of a man who I knew in, um, when I lived in Houston, he was on the radio. He was a radio host and he, I'm going to let him tell the rest of the story. So here goes, here it is. Hello, this is Dwayne Miller. I was the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Brenham, Texas, when I contracted an ordinary flu virus. Unfortunately, the virus was able to penetrate the nerves of my vocal cords, and I ultimately lost their use. For over two years, I saw specialists from across America and around the world. Their final diagnosis was that my voice would not return, and the raspy whisper which I was able to generate would be gone, likely within two more years. I had taught a Sunday school class of some 200 folks at Houston's First Baptist Church when I had served on staff there, so it was natural for me to return as a member of that class when I had to resign my ministry. They knew how much teaching the Word of God meant to me, and eventually this class furnished me a form to again teach even though my voice was getting harder and harder to understand. I obtained a special headset microphone which was super sensitive and very directional. By putting the windscreen directly on my lips and shouting with all the strength I could muster, I could be heard most of the time. Feeling that my own voice was gone and my ministry with it, I had determined to teach this wonderful group of folks as long as the voice I had would hold out. God had other plans for me, and they became evident on Sunday morning, January the 17th, 1993. I was teaching a lesson based primarily on Psalm 103. David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction or from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. As always, the lesson was being recorded. It was one of the worst days vocally that I had experienced. Every word seemed to require all the effort I could generate. Additionally, my subject matter was difficult for me to handle emotionally. I knew God had forgiven my sin. I knew that God could and did heal. But the question in my mind was, but why not me? So when the psalmist writes, and he heals all of my diseases, let me say to you that I believe God still heals. That hasn't ended. That is not over. Now you have to be careful on how you do this. Because there are folks who carry things to an excess and it becomes a show. And God has never intended that that be what it is. God heals in his sovereign will. I don't know why God does things that he does. But I know that he does. And the only thing he requires of me is to allow him to be God and me to be me and let it be. So the psalmist says, I'm excited. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. One of his benefits is he heals all of my diseases. And then in verse 4 he says, and he redeems my life from the pit. Now I like that verse just a whole lot. I have had pit experiences. We've both had, we've all had times when our life seemed to be in a pit, in a grave. And we didn't have an answer for Pit we find ourselves in. 
And I don't understand this right now. I'm been overwhelmed at the moment. I'm not quite sure what to say or do. <laughs> Sounds funny to say at a loss for words. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember once a couple of years ago saying I've got to find that recording it's got to be somewhere because um, we it was spread around in the 1990s all over uh, Houston but uh, just as he was speaking the word of God out loud and got to and heals all his diseases his his voice came back Record, caught on tape. I just want to encourage you. He might have thought, you know, in the beginning of the year that it was never going to happen. I mean, it's not, it's not over. <laughs> it's not over. It's like that woman I was telling you about when she went to MD Anderson and called, and the, my friend called me and said, it's over. It didn't work. I'm like, it does work. What do you mean? It doesn't work. God's word works. God works. It works. It's just not over yet. You, you haven't seen, you haven't seen the victory yet, but the victory's coming because he's faithful and he doesn't love Dwayne Miller more than he loves you. Today's the day today could be your day. Just keep going, keep doing, keep believing, keep hoping. It's just, and keep the word of God in you and, and coming out of your mouth. And it's really important to have it come out of your mouth. I really believe that. I remember so many times I'll tell people, do you have the healing scriptures? Yeah, are you reading them? <laughs> are you actually reading them? I don't know. I mean, when I know when I say this, but when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and I, I if you, I had an incredible um, experience with the Lord where it was very physical. And I want that for you. It, God met me in an incredible way. And I think he wants that for all of us. And it was, didn't happen once it happened to me over and over again, every, not every time, but every time I would go into his presence and Terry, you know, like Ellen says, Terry in his presence, hang out with God. That is the time where you are going to have it. just hang out in an intimate relationship with your father and he will come and make it. I cannot tell you the times and he would just like an elevator just coming on me. I remember one time the Holy spirit just came on me and such an incredibly powerful way that I had to say, stop. Cause I, it was too much for me. And my husband was in bed experiencing this, experiencing me, experiencing God in this, like an elevator of power going all the way through me and all the way back up and all the way through me, all the way back up. And it is, you talk about, there is no physical love that can come close. And, and that's coming for you. That's coming for all of us because that's the same spirit, the same God, the same Holy spirit, just tarry in him and invite the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. That's what we aren't taught enough. We aren't taught enough to be to, and God says, ask for the Holy Spirit. So just say, Lord, I want it all. Invite the Holy Spirit. And um, wish I could come, come and do a Holy Spirit seminar in every city, <laughs> but to find one and, and you don't even have to have one, just get in your own room and get on and, and, and invite the Holy Spirit yourself. Jesus is the one that baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And we, when we're confirmed, that's when it's supposed to happen. But because we don't know Jesus, we don't have him in our heart. We don't have a relationship with Jesus. We can't have the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's why nothing happened for us at confirmation. But that doesn't mean it won't now. You renew your confirmation. Renew it by calling upon the Holy Spirit, inviting the gifts. But don't be afraid of the gifts. Don't be afraid to use the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, because the 
Lord, I just pray that as we are here right now, that we experience you, experience your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way with us. I pray that you touch each one of us and touch them. Touch us, Lord. Amen. Can I say something, Mary yeah. Beth? Hey, Dr. John. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry I'm late. But at confirmation, we do receive the Holy Spirit because it's a, a sacrament. Yes. But we don't Thank receive you. the experience. Thank you. We, we lose the experience. We don't know the experience. Thank you. To, to balance things, to make it. Amen. Thank you for... Thank you. For <laughs> uh, I got a uh, scripture from uh, Matthew chapter 9. This is when Matthew himself, Matthew 9, 9. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Jesus says to Matthew, follow me. And he rose, meaning Matthew got up and followed him. And, and the quote is from, again, from Father Mike Schmitz. Whatever our past Jesus offers us a new future. Woohoo! Hallelujah. Mary Beth, I need to go now, but I just wanted to I just wanted to say one thing, just that if anyone is feeling struggling with rejection, and you can relate to what I said about the orphan spirit. Be, having an orphan spirit can be an actual spirit. Rejection can be an actual spirit. So speak to those things, speak to rejection, speak to worthlessness in the name of Jesus and command mm -hmm. it off you because we are not worthless. We yes. are so worth, worthwhile mm -hmm. and uh, of great worth. So, you know, you do it like this. You just say, orphan spirit, you will get off me because you are a liar. Mm -hmm. I have a father and he is in heaven. Crazy Jesus. Rejection, you are a lie. Yeah. I am not rejected. I am accepted. The Lord loves me. He thinks about me all day long. So you will leave me now. I reject you. I won't allow you in my head anymore. In Jesus' name. So 